Hello and welcome to my personal journey with M. Today's episode discusses fatigue, in particular chronic fatigue and neurological fatigue. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How is everyone today? Today I thought that I would discuss chronic fatigue. Really because I would say that this is one of the most prominent symptoms in my journey of SPS. And I think when I can compare, it's very important not to compare ourselves to others, but when I compare the fatigue with Graves' disease, which I thought was incredibly awful, but somehow I was still able to have experiences of chronic fatigue, but manage with um, a reasonable activity of daily living function, so ADL function, until SPS really made its, its um, grand appearance five years ago with the flu. And I really didn't expect that the body could ever feel so chronically fatigued and experience all these manifestations um, and still be alive. (laughs) Those were my exact words to my husband. How can I feel like possibly feel like this and still be alive? And yet here I am speaking to you and hopefully connecting or giving some hope today. At the the beginning of my journey with SPS, the chronic fatigue was, as I say, it was something else. And I would find myself sleeping for 18 to 20 hours per day. Now, when I speak of sleep, um, which Elle and I are um, due to release um, a podcast on sleep and rest and relaxation and how important they are, not only for SPS, but for overall well-being um, for everyone, for every, for every living being. But when I speak of 18 to 20 hours sleep, I'm not speaking of restorative sleep. I'm speaking of sickly sleep, if that's the word that we could use. It was not healing sleep. And when I speak of that, my body was not reaching REM. It was too fatigued. Um, my body temperature was really struggling to control itself. So my thermoreceptors were, were really struggling. And I would feel nauseated, have headaches, restless legs, not be able to get comfortable in the bed with positioning because my body was completely out of sync. And my circadian rhythm was completely out of sync too. And when you, <coughs> you're experiencing chronic fatigue such as that, um, your body will not recognise night or day. And when you have moments of energy, it could come during the night and you think, okay, well, I have a bit of energy. I will get up and make the packed lunches. Uh-uh, <laughs> no, um. <laughs> But it's very difficult when you're in that spiral and you have a family such as I do and things need to be attended to and you see your partner trying to spin all plates. So it's been a long journey of learning, 
of ups and downs, of successes and failures in my approach to trying to beat a boom and bust cycle. So perhaps to be able to connect better with people that that are experiencing chronic fatigue and been able to explain how I felt um, I think would be valuable because when I was looking on the forums there there was only a small number of people who were explaining this fatigue as I as I would be today because other people were explaining it differently and I thought no no that's the fatigue that I felt with my Graves disease this is a different level of fatigue and it's not a race it's not a competition of who's feeling more tired than others I just need to make that very clear I'm only wanting to relay my journey, my experiences. So for me, as I said, the the the, um, the extended period of being in bed psychologically, it it was scarring. It really, I really struggled psychologically, knowing that each day it was almost as though someone had placed a big grandfather clock in front of me. And I would hear it chime every hour. So that's another hour of life that you've missed out on. That's another hour of your children's life you've missed out on. That's another hour that you've missed out with your family. And at that time in my life, all I kept saying was the, the clock's ticking. I'm losing out on time. And I just take a moment to, to have a mental moment of it, acknowledging where I was then and where I am now. To say the grandfather clock, well, that went to the skip in my mind and it's no longer there. So I hope that gives you some hope. (laughs) With this fatigue, I deconditioned very quickly, which you would do and which you would expect to um, on a prolonged period of bed rest. And it's, it's incredibly difficult when, as I say, you know, Um, the hypocrite who would give advice to patients and the doctors that I would, you know, or the health professionals that I would encounter along my path would say, don't, you know, try not to have prolonged periods of bed rest. And I really feel like saying, will you crawl into my body and you see how this feels? Because I don't want to be in bed. I'm a young woman. I don't want to look, you know, the way I am where my hair hasn't been washed in a week. Um, that my, you know, I'm, I don't look like a young, well, healthy woman. I, I look unwell. I, I don't feel attractive. I, I'm very much aware that to my children, I no longer look like the mum that I was with her hair and her makeup and always dressed and taking pride in her personal care. But I was on survival mode, if, if I could even say that. It really didn't feel as though I, I was I was surviving. It felt as though I was slipping away. Um, and within that first experience um, of one of these spells, there would be waves of nausea, struggling to control my body temperature night and day. The sleep, <laughs> sleeping and actually being awoken with chronic fatigue is the most ironic 
contradicting symptom. The, the chronic fatigue would awaken me from a sleep, making me feel, oh my gosh, I feel so unwell, I'm going to be sick, I feel so weak, I don't think I'm going to be able to catch my next breath. And I would often think, how on earth can this awaken me? Surely sleeping should settle these symptoms. And it really didn't make any sense at all. Eating and drinking was incredibly difficult at, you know, satiety as, as they as they would describe it, I would have a few bites and then I just could not eat any more and it could take three to four hours to finish a meal. And it would be small bites, small f- bites and my dinner often or lunch would sit on the bedside cabinet with a cover over it. And often, you know, there would be prompting from my husband of, come on, come on, try and eat a little bit more. But each breath seemed to, instead of replenish me it seemed to just wipe out my energy because of course you need energy to break down the food so that was the level of of chronic fatigue where I was and I would need some days assistance to mobilize to the toilet and often would ask my husband excuse me a moment ironically I'm recording this on a a bed rest day (laughs) I'm in my room, um, the sunlight's coming through. I'm taking it very, very easy as the, the fatigue waves hit. Um, but I've been very careful not to allow the, the adrenaline to take over this monologue. But I digress. I would often ask my husband, can you stand outside the bathroom, please? Just so I know you're there. Because I was so weak. And... I would often spend longer in the bathroom than necessary because I had to catch my breath and have a mental preparation, bring my physical self into a place to say, okay, come on, it's only 10 steps, you're back to bed, you'll be okay. And I would be leaning heavily on my husband and my heart, I could hear in my ears, I thought it was coming through my breastbone. By the time I reached my bed, I couldn't even lift my legs into bed. And it's the most bizarre thing to say that just sit lie, sit in a sitting position but lying against the pillows. I would say to my husband, just leave me here. Please just leave me here. And he would lift my legs and even that movement was completely draining. It just wiped me out. And it was almost as though everything that I had built up, all the, the rest credits that I had built up from 18 hours of sleep had been wiped out. Someone had taken an eraser and wiped them all out and I was back to square one. And therefore I would often think about, should I eat? Because then if I eat and drink, it needs it means then I need to get up and move, mobilised to the toilet. <laughs> and I often joked to my endocrinologist because he was the one that really understood with regards to chronic fatigue. I joked to him, I said, you know when you have chronic fatigue, when you take Lucozade tablets to the, the bathroom with you? Because as a result of this chronic fatigue, I, I experience hypoglycemia. Just by breathing alone, my blood sugars can drop. So, where did I go from there? And how did I reach where I am now? 
well, there's been dips and dives and there's been waxing and waning and there's been learning and relearning and, you know, taking the eraser and rubbing things out and saying, well, that didn't serve me. Let's try this approach. So I would say that one size does not fit all. And trust your instincts as well. But I do hope that I can give some pointers and some clarification on my journey. I was referred to neuropsychology, ironically, to try and help with the chronic fatigue because my mind was still the old me who, who, who you know, um, the work ethic that I had, I didn't need sleep. Um, I, could, I could work without sleep. Uh-uh, another big wrong there. <laughs> um, so my brain was still writing checks that my body couldn't cash. And when that clash comes and that inner critic continues to give a verbal onslaught in your subconscious and your so- and your consciousness, it really contributes to the, the cycle of chronic fatigue. But I really need to make this clear that chronic fatigue is not a psychological disease. But my thinking was causing me great distress of I wasn't doing enough, I wasn't the mum that I was, I wasn't the wife that I was, I wasn't the daughter that I was. I had to retire due to chronic the chronic fatigue attached with SPS. The reason being is that they said that even if I was employed one day, I wouldn't be able to see which day I'd be able to turn up to work because there was no continuity. There was no continuity even throughout the day. I could on a good day, after several days of bed rest, got up, make a cup of tea, make some toast, and the next minute I was crawling, crawling to the sofa, never mind upstairs. Or if I was managing to drive in the car, I would have to pull over and just recline the chair and just stay there. And sometimes it would even be that I had reached the driveway and my husband would come out and he'd say, come on, and I'd be like, just leave me here, please. Just leave me here. And he was amazing. He, he would just sit with me. He would say, you're okay, come on. And when I felt I had the energy, I would make it to the sofa and he would take my shoes and my coat off and lie me on the sofa, cover me up, hot water bottle, make sure that the, the room was silent. So... It explains why I couldn't work because there was no continuity even throughout the day. But I was referred to neuropsychology for chronic fatigue management trying to help me and I was placed on a 15 minute um, fatigue management schedule. Now if you had known the old me (laughs) I was horrified when they said 15 minutes I said excuse me could you repeat that and they said 15 minutes I said so if I'm making, trying to make pasta for the family, that means bringing out the pot, sourcing the pasta, putting the water in the pot, and then I have to go and lie down. And they're like, yeah. I said, so then I would lie down for how long? They said, 45 minutes to an hour. I was like, pardon? And then come back in and then pop the pasta in the pot? Yeah. And... <laughs> I, uh, the the disbelief and the unacceptance that this was my life, well, it sent me into a tailspin. But ironically, 
when I followed their advice not to push through the fatigue and not turn up to one of my appointments, I was struck off. <laughs> and when I called, they said, I'm sorry, but you've missed, I beg your pardon, it was two appointments. And I'm afraid that, you know, two not, um, did not attend is, um, is then basically you have to be re-referred. And I said, well, isn't that ironic? Because your advice to me is, if you're feeling fatigued that day, not to push through the fatigue. And I've asked, could we do a telephone consultation? Because you said, you know, approach people, um, alter, alter the environment to suit where you are in your fatigue management, where you are in your, your physical self. But yet you're striking me off. So, well, that doesn't make sense. So that's where I was left. And the fatigue spiral continued and continued and it really turned into an inferno. <laughs> I came out of that one by myself. I started to learn about EFT tapping and meditation. I would sleep. I would adjust my lifestyle. But unfortunately, the error was I would then, when I started to feel a bit stronger, I would boom and bust. So all the sleep credits, all the rest credits, all the health credits that I'd started to store up, I would spend within a day or two. And there I would go back into the same cycle. I'm a slow learner. So moving on from there, 18 months ago, I entered probably one of the worst chronic fatigue spirals that I've experienced to date where I could barely walk. I couldn't shower by myself. I required assistance from my husband. Brushing my teeth, um, it just... Brushing my teeth was an effort. Breathing was an effort. Any noise that came into the room, even at the noise of the blinds being opened, depleted energy. Um, even Monty coming in and lying at the side of the bed, the sound of him, you know, flopping himself down, depleted energy. And I really thought, this this is it. I'm not going to come back from this spiral. And by that time, Lindsay had come into my life and she had helped me immensely by starting with smile smile lie in your bed and smile just smile and if you can do that just now and smile and feel what happens in your your abdominal area there's a lift like a butterfly and if you frown can you feel what it does to your abdominal area there's tension like a rod well there certainly is for me so I thought, hmm, this woman's on to something. And why did I believe her when I wasn't believing other people? And it was because she had shared her journey with me. She had began to share her journey with me. So I believed her. Because everything she was saying, and I hope that I am saying today, resonates with you to think, okay, this is someone who has walked this path. I believe her. And that was the first step, was reaching out and having someone in the opposite end of the the country um, of the UK saying I've been there just smile just try and just lie and smile 
And in the morning when your children rise and you can't get up, stop beating yourself up about that and just smile to them. Instead of apologising and saying, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. I'm sorry, I'm not there. Just smile. And I thought, I'm going to try that. And I did. And they just smiled back. And that was the first step. It was a change of behaviour externally by generosity to others, but generosity internally. And the inner critic was a bit confused. It, It really put her on her head. She's like, what's going on? And that one small step allowed for my day to start more gently because it was a lovely moment, sharing love, being present, acceptance, the first step of acceptance. Um, From there, I was referred to the Centre for Integrative Care to try and help with fatigue management. And I worked with a lovely physio who had said to me to buy a pulse oximeter and be able to gain an average resting heart rate and from there not to go above 10% of my resting heart rate and I was like holy smoke where on earth am I in this journey and I was like okay (laughs) so um, needless to say standing up out of bed going to the toilet my heart rate went above 10% it was up at 30-40% above my resting heart rate And the advice from that was anything above 10%, you sit down immediately and you rest. At least for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, until your heart rate is back into the average resting state. It can be quite overwhelming, but it was a step forward and I was still smiling. From there, I started to embark upon a healing journey. I knew there had to be another way. Um, with regards to coming off the medication, the immunosuppressants. But on top of that, I knew that there was another way. And this beautiful soul down in, in Wales, the advice, the gentle advice, feeding slowly, small snippets of advice, not overwhelming me, really helped me on my path. And it's ironic because that was my job as a therapist was pacing and graded activity and fatigue management. But that part of my life had closed off because I was in a tailspin. So from here, I was discharged from physio and actually placed with a a community team because I was so fatigued to attend the the centre. I was doing virtual online Um, sessions but she felt that even then I was still too fatigued for that and I needed to be seen and I had a lovely OT who came out and we talked about energy giving and energy zapping and that's something perhaps I might allude to later on I don't want to overload today but it is very important about feeding the soul I think perhaps talking you know about that in relation to feeding the soul finding a heart space nurturing the heart space So I embarked upon a very gentle journey and with along with a smile I started to pay attention to my circadian rhythm and I would, as the evening drew to a close and sunset would take place, 
I made sure my blinds were open and no unnatural light was in the room and that my body just naturally came into rhythm with evening time and night time. And then my husband would just draw the blinds enough for privacy, but there was enough light so as morning as morning dawned, as sunrise, even in the winter, that the natural light would start to wake my body. And that took some time. It wasn't a week, it was months. Um, I'm talking a journey of nearly two years and I'm still just coming out the end of it. But all hope is not lost because along this path there has been so much progression. Please have hope. Don't panic. Don't allow fear to enter into your heart. Don't allow the inner critic, the anxious critic to take to take over in your mind. This is a healing journey. It will take time. So I imagine that sharing my experiences, I am hoping that I have connected with someone today because as I have alluded to, my background is a rehab specialist and my advice to patients would always be to respect the fatigue, not to push past the fatigue, whether that be with neurological conditions, post-sepsis syndrome, general malaise, you know, recovering from a rather nasty urine infection, any of those things. Respect the fatigue. And very much the fatigue management programme that I was placed on of the 15 minutes Perhaps I worded it differently to say that stop before you feel the fatigue. Stop before you you, you reach that stage where you think, oh my gosh, I need to sit down, I'm so tired. Stop before that. Begin to learn to know the signs in your body that say I'm building up to a stage where I need to sit down, I'm starting to feel very exhausted. Your body will thank you. Your future self will thank you for learning to adapt to these small behavioural changes. And there's a wonderful um, analogy of the spoon theory. And I would recommend perhaps if you're able to to look that up. It's a very good way of um, trying to manage fatigue. And in the midst of all that, I would say that there are two very important words, yes and no. And if we pay attention to the word yes, yes is saying yes to yourself, granting yourself permission to rest, granting yourself permission to say no. No to the phone call that was scheduled this evening with your best friend. No to the appointments that are flying through the door that are perhaps not urgent, that can be rescheduled for a week down the line or another week. No to the dishes in the sink. No to the washing basket piling up. So I think I shall press pause here because I think this is a topic that could be discussed for hours. And I think probably it's best for Elle and I to come jointly together to discuss our our individual experiences and um, perhaps allude further on our healing and self-care journey. So in the meantime, be gentle with yourself, take care of yourself and don't forget to press pause. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear from you. 
You can find us on Facebook, SPS Unscripted Podcast. If you would prefer to DM us privately, then do so with the Facebook Messenger app. We're also over on Instagram, SPS Unscripted Podcast One, all one word. A gentle reminder, we are not medical professionals. This content is reflective of personal journeys where we follow advice from our medical teams and we strongly advise that you always consult your medical professional for advice.